What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork Podcast. Today, we are super, super excited to bring you an episode with Vinny Wellsby, otherwise known on Instagram at fierce.fatty. Vinny Wellsby, pronouns they, them, is a world-leading expert on dismantling fat phobia and diet culture, TEDx speaker, and best-selling author. They went from being homeless, abused with self-esteem that was achingly low to the courageous fat activist and change maker they are today. Vinny helps people fall in love with themselves and is dedicated to shifting the way society views fat bodies. This episode was so informative and Sam and I came prepared with a list of questions that we literally rapid fired. And I'm so grateful that they gave us the ability to do so because the answers are things that are just so concise and the way they said them was just so easy to digest for lack of a better term made sense and just leaves me with so much more to think about personally as well. Um, and I'm so excited for you guys to listen to it. Also, there was like so much humor and funny and metaphors like weaved into the whole conversation that just makes it so incredible. <laughs> I know usually when someone is like this intelligent, they're not as funny. So but right. it just has it all. <laughs> but like I was saying to you off air, Jenna, like I highly recommend Vinny to any any RD, any intuitive eating professional, anybody looking for consulting just to learn from somebody in a marginalized body. And Vinny talks about that at the end of, you know, what they do. Um, but I totally agree with you because I think this, I love how information packed it is because so many professionals and, or just humans, not professionals, just people on their journey to food freedom have these questions, but don't know who to ask, don't know where to turn, don't know who to learn from. Um, and Vinny is such a great resource. And because we were so excited to rapid fire <laughs> all of these questions at Vinny, um, they don't share their story with us until the end of the episode, which is kind of a good thing because now you have to listen to the whole episode to wait till the end to really hear such an amazing story. And it just makes sense of how much over, like how much Vinny has overcome to get to where they are today and, uh, just have so much respect for them. Yes. And before we say, let's get into it, I also just wanted to add that they made me personally, and because this was the first time I was meeting Vinny, but they made me feel very comfortable asking these questions and also safe, um, which I think is really important. Yes, absolutely. As Vinny will say on this episode, there's no shame or guilt that needs to be had. Like every single human being has fat phobia. Like 
period, end mm. of story. Vinny even says that in this episode that like they've have it like everyone has it just because of the world we live in so there's no shame or guilt that needs to be brought to this episode just an open mind you know centering your curiosity and really just enjoying all of this amazing information education and stories from Vinny so let's get into it Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork podcast. Today, this person needs no intro at all, but I'm obsessed with them. Thank you so much, Vinnie Wellsby, for being here with us today. Well, thank you, Sammy. I'm so excited to talk to you, both of you about fatty awesomeness and fatty juiciness and all fatty stuff. Love it. Well, we're going to jump right in because we have a whole list of questions we just want to fire off at you. But before we do that, we like to start with one little warm up question. And I'm sure you have so many different ways to answer this. But being in the field of, you know, anti diet, intuitive eating, fat acceptance, but all things body image, what is the the last time or experience you've had or the last thing you've read or seen that kind of stopped you in your tracks and made you say what the actual fork is going on? Oh, as in like, as in it's bad. Yeah, as in like what the actual fuck is this shit, basically. Uh, oh, uh, oh um, 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 hmm. I mean, the lists are endless, right? Uh <laughs> Every day we get like 20, 20 exposures to this kind of stuff. Yeah, but I'm lucky that I don't, I don't, uh, everyone that I follow on social media, I don't see a lot of that stuff. The only thing that I, that I am WTAFing at is uh, trolls who come into my, uh, my, my Instagram accounts and um, using different types of tactics to try and engage me in quote, conversation it's not a conversation it's just them being like you're fat and you need to go away and but you know in and much not nicer terms so um, that's the that's the things that uh, that make me say that like go away I'm not going to engage try someone else well actually don't try someone else just <laughs> go to just therapy stop. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just go to therapy yes we have a, a- a whole episode with um the nutrition tea and oh. i believe we had with her what is her thing jenna she just says block and be blessed like just she get went like this and it was yeah. the best ever yeah <laughs> like, that's what i do yes yeah, yeah. anytime yeah. someone tries to pull that shit yeah and i love it when people are like they, they'll try different tactics of being like oh i'm such a massive fan and i love your work and then it'll be like um nice stuff and then they'll be like fuck you you're a piece of shit um have a great day you know and so you start reading it and so they like trick you and so yeah there's lots of different tactics of of you know what they're what they're up to i love how you just said though they want to have a conversation quote unquote because it's never about a conversation it's about starting a fight (laughs) yes it is yeah yeah so so i'm lucky that i have an assistant that reads my messages uh, but sometimes I'm nosy and I go in, I'm like, oh, someone's saying nice things about me. I want to read it. And it's, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that's how they get me. My own narcissism of wanting people to bump, bump up my ego. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm looking at our list of questions. And then I also have your Instagram pulled up too. And I'm like, Ooh. I really want to change my question. Oh. But we will start with the, the biggie for what we... Sam and I were hoping to hear from the expert today. Can you define fat acceptance? 
Yeah, so fat acceptance or fat liberation is uh, just a movement uh, um, in a movement to try and get uh, fat people the equal access and rights and to be able to live shame free the same way that straight sized people do. Um, so uh, there's lots of misconceptions about it that fat liberation or fat acceptance is all about, you know, running around the streets eating babies and you know hating hating thin people and just demanding everyone be fat and everyone have sex with us and you know all ridiculous thing but it's just that hey can we have the same access and same dignity that is afforded to straight-sized people so it's pretty simple Thank you so much for just laying that out plain and simple. Yeah. And I love you. You always add such great humor to, to things, which I think, <laughs> which I think helps people remember and helps people listen too. Yeah. But I know Jenny, you had this written kind of as a part two to it, but I, I would love for you to explain, you know, maybe we know this here, but the difference between fat acceptance and body love or like this toxic body positivity movement, because I, I feel like people say like, well, I'm, I'm body positive. So I accept fat people, but how like, these are complete, like what actually is body positivity? Like, mm. where did that come from? And how this has been kind of taken over and become this toxic body positive movement. Yeah. So, uh, body positivity is uh, a term that really picked up steam in the 1990s um, and it came from fat liberation and the idea of accepting fat bodies and was created by um, marginalized people so fat people of color uh, fat trans people fat disabled people and uh, so you see a lot of people saying body positivity it's all about like love yourself and accept people when they have an, an quote excuse like I see a lot of trolls say body positivity is all about um, helping people who are burn survivors um, accept their bodies and I'm like ah! <laughs> like obviously that's a wonderful thing obviously it's important for people to not spend their lives hating their body but that is not originally what body positivity was all about it was all about centering the most marginalized voices and saying hey um, let's treat people of all different diverse uh, body sizes the same and focusing on people with um, larger bodies. Um, so it's been turned into straight sized people twisting themselves into pretzels and saying, look at this little skin fold that I have. And I'm so brave for being able to be on the internet with this, you know, with this gigantic body of mine. And um, it's taking away from who the movement is for and what the movement is about. And so for me, I'm like, I'm just gonna let body positivity go and just, let those people have it because for in my mind fat liberation and fat positivity is it like what we say on we say in the uk a phrase is it does what it says on the tin like there's no mistaking what fat liberation is it's about fat people and so um people with the most privilege in their bodies can't take that from fat people hopefully maybe they will one day i don't know <laughs> you know who knows but yeah that's it. Awesome. Thank you so much for just 
defining that. I feel like we couldn't even really jump into some of these questions without really defining those things and setting the foundation for this episode. And um, before I get into my next question, Jenna, I want to make sure I'm not overstepping you because I feel like you're, we're like nodding a lot to that one and really engaging in that. No, like I said from the beginning, I want to listen and soak up every bit of this conversation today. I did, you know, when you were defining that acceptance, though, can I ask where you think it got the most twisted as to what people perceive that acceptance to be? You have an incredible Instagram post that I'm sure we will share before this episode comes out with a very clear definition. But for those listening, can you just explain maybe where you think it got the most confused along the way yeah the reason why it got confused is because of fat phobia is because of um a lot of it's a lot of um men um men who have channels where they are bodybuilders or or fitness people and um they want to make um they make they don't want to they do make content um, talking about how awful fat positivity is and the only way that they can um, make it out to be this awful thing because if it's just hey um, you know treat fat people as people they can't <laughs> you know they can't make entertaining videos if that's you know uh, what they're talking about and so they come up with these absolutely wild ridiculous things like you know, fat positivity, every single fat person says that you must have sex with them. And if you're not, if you don't, then you're fat phobic or uh, fat positivity. All these fat people are just forcing everyone to be fat. And if you're not fat, they hate you because that's interesting, right? That's if I, before I knew about fat positivity or fat liberation, I'd be clicking that being like, oh my God, these fat liberationists, look at them. I can't believe they're forcing me to have sex with people who are so unattractive. Um, so, I mean, it's just interesting. And so it comes uh, from people who are steeped in fat phobia, who have a ton of power and privilege in the world, because it's terrifying to see this uh, whole group of people say, hey, you know, let's just uh, treat everyone equally, um, because it means that they will have to uh, relinquish their power. And so they have to get creative to convince people that that shouldn't happen. That was such a great explanation. I'm so happy you asked that question, Jenna. And that's mm. such a, I feel like I haven't heard that from you yet, Benning, because we've done some, the Fine Food Freedom team has done some continuing education with uh, Vinny. And this next question that I want to ask, I know the first time I saw it, I believe was in one of our sessions with you where you broke down what is fat phobia and you have this amazing graphic again another one we will share you have you're the best like infographic person out there with the levels of fat phobia can you kind of break that down for listeners because i think fat phobia also all these terms right they're getting more and more well known and i think they're just getting thrown out there and people are using them maybe without knowing what it really is so if you could let us know what is fat phobia and what are the levels that you see kind of arise yeah, so uh, this is not something that I came up with. This is something that is a part of social justice work, which is the four eyes of oppression. Um, and so the four eyes of oppression helps us understand how fat phobia um, manifests in the way that we think and in the way that we behave and in the way that society set up. And so the four eyes is the first one is 
intrapersonal or internalized fat phobia. So intrapersonal or internalized is um, the beliefs that you hold about fatness or your fatness, if you're a fat person, and how you perceive yourself due to those beliefs. And so if you're a straight-sized person, you'll have internalized privilege. If you're a fat person, you'll have um, that internalized fat phobia. And so that will um, show up as negative self-talk, agreeing with fat phobic beliefs, minimizing yourself if you're a fat person or, um, you know, the op- those things for, for straight-sized people. Next, we have interpersonal, so interpersonal fat phobia. And this is the beliefs that other people hold about your fatness if you're a fat person and how they treat you due to those beliefs. And so interpersonal fat phobia is being shamed by loved ones, rejected as a romantic partner, fat jokes, that type of thing. And so that's a lot of the surface level stuff that we see when we think of fat phobia, but actually um, it goes even deeper. And so if we go below the surface of the things that we think about every day, we can move on to the next I, which is institutional. And institutional fat phobia is the beliefs society holds about your fatness, if you're fat, and how it treats you due to those beliefs. And so what that looks like is medical discrimination, job discrimination, um, uh, education, like um, lack of access to education, access to resources, um, a lack of sense of community belonging. Um, And finally, we are the final I is ideological fat phobia. So ideological fat phobia is the idea that fat people are inferior, ethically, morally inferior and don't deserve dignity and respect. So that is a social, cultural and political belief. And, you know, most of us can say, yes, we live in um, a society where ideologically we're fat phobic. Um, You know, the, the old saying like everyone knows that it's unhealthy to be fat, that fat people just need to exercise more and eat less and they will be um, thin. So it's this this belief. Um, And so to challenge fat phobia, we need to dismantle all of those aspects, especially the things below the surface. And so that's the institutional and ideological fat phobia. I just took a deep breath after that. It's a lot, right? And so that's really important to know that stuff. And the reason it's important to know that stuff is when we when it comes to um, people who say, yeah, but um, straight sized people have it just as bad, you know, because there's skinny shaming and size privilege. That's not really a thing. And um, it's important to say, yes, it's not OK to shame anyone for their size ever if they're small, you know, if they if they're skinny, if they're thin, whatever, and if they're fat. But the difference is that straight sized folks don't have to deal with institutional um, fat phobia. They don't have to deal with going to the doctors and being told that they can't 
um, get access to IVF treatment because they uh, need to lose weight or they need to have stomach amputation surgery before they're allowed to. Um, they don't um, have um, unable to access an MRI machine because they don't you know, fit their body. Um, they don't get rejected continually um, on dating sites because of their size, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on for a long time. It's exhausting. So that's really important to recognize that the world is not set up to support um, the dignity and lives of fat people. Thank you so much for explaining that in that way, because I'm having like the flashback ickies. Um, <laughs> Um, before I did all of this work in the unlearning process, Sam, I believe you and I had a conversation once where I maybe brought up that point where I was deep in my own disorder of feeling like X, Y, and Z. And I'm, I'm fully putting myself out there and being vulnerable by saying that. But I believe many people would say a similar statement before they've done the unlearning work and really looked into their own views on life, right? And so I think this really segues beautifully into a big question that Sam and I have on our list here too, is the unlearning process and how to unlearn fat phobia and the body hate journey. Can, can we go into that? After mm -hmm. I just made myself look like. A no, <laughs> no, honestly, I talk about on my podcast all the time about how I had, I was a giant bell end that I used to think this and that. I probably still am a giant bell end because there's so many beliefs that I have and I don't realize, right? Um, so, I mean, the first thing to realize is that we are fat phobic, all of us. I am, you know, we, it's just, it's so impossible to not be fat phobic if you are brought up in society that has, we think about those four eyes, it's just everywhere. And so it would be a miracle if you, came um, uh, and your brain was able to um, not absorb those messages and and being fat phobic doesn't mean that you're a piece of shit it doesn't mean that you're a bad person it just means that you've got a gorgeous brain that's picked up information that's helpful for you to survive in society and to um, uh, you know fit into this this idea of who we should be in order to to thrive which is obviously faulty but um, but I, I don't want people to feel shame or blame or um, feel bad because they're having these beliefs. And so if I were having a conversation with you, Jenna, and you said, oh, but, you know, thin people have it just as bad. I'd be like, oh, juicy. OK, let's get into it. And let's let's look at that belief and let's um, provide an an alternative perspective. Let's see if there are different things um, that might be helpful for you to be exposed to. Um, let's see if we can pull the thread. And so for me, I see these fat phobic beliefs as a gift because it shows us what we need to unpack. And I like to think about, you know, our, our beliefs. It's, it's um, I like to think about it as our beliefs are a suitcase and inside that suitcase, uh, is all this evidence that supports that belief. And so your suitcase might be different from my suitcase, but there's probably a lot of overlap. Um, and so we need to take out every single item from that suitcase. And that suitcase could be giant, right? Um, and take it out and slowly unpack it and examine it and know that um, 
we all ate, hate unpacking suitcases, uh, unpacking suitcases, literally, like when you get home from a vacation, who wants to unpack a suitcase? No one, right? <laughs> Can't someone else do it? And so um, it's normal for it to take time. It's normal for the process to be uncomfortable. Um, and it's normal for us to not recognize what beliefs are fat phobic. Um, and so we getting out of this idea that we should be able to just read a book or listen to a single podcast or whatever. And all of a sudden we're going to be fat positive. It doesn't work like that. It's just, it's going to be a journey that we're on for a long time. And so, um, a lot of, a lot, a lot of unpacking beliefs and just asking yourself questions like, is it true? Is it, is it true? I don't know. So, yeah. Thank you so much for explaining that. And as you were speaking, I was like, her suitcase analogy, excuse oh, me. Because yeah. when, you, when you taught us that we made a handout on that and put your face on it and we use that all the time, I have to send oh, it to you. Amazing. Um, just because I feel like so much of this is unpacking the beliefs, right? Yes. And, and really, I love how you spun that to such a, like a beautiful thing where it's like, you don't need to feel guilt or shame if you have fat phobia. It's just leaning into that curiosity. Yeah. And um, one thing I wanted to point out too, because I know we get a lot on this and it was kind of a follow-up from Jenna is how any size body can have body image issues mm. right yes. and I think that's sometimes where there's the confusion people are like well I'm struggling and I'm in a smaller body but they're thinking that like the fat phobia and body image issues are one in the same mm. um but like you said yes anyone can have body image issues but somebody in a smaller straight size body is not going to know the discrimination the oppression and the weight stigma all of these things that somebody in a larger body is experiencing Yes, yes, exactly. And I did an I did an episode on uh, on on my podcast on cults and um, the idea of when you get out of a cult, the um, most of society is like, oh, thank God, um, come and live with us in in society, and we'll support you. And that was bad. Um, and with diet culture, uh, the idea of it being a cult, um, when fat people get out of diet culture, society is not like. Oh, thank God you got out of that. Oh, that was really messing with your well-being. People are like, you need to get back into it. You need to lose weight in any way possible. You need to have surgery. You need to da 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 da. da. Whereas with straight-sized people, um, it's easier to see how it's harmful, and society agrees. Hey, dieting and um, hating your body is not good. Whereas if a fat person hates their body, then well, you know, it's probably good motivation for them to lose weight. Um, so the world is not set up to support fat people in any way um, when they are when we are working to overcome this bullshit, but it is for straight-sized people on the whole. Absolutely. Thank you so much for bringing that point up, Vinny. Mm -hmm. um, I think I guess where I want to take it, and Jenna, feel free to step in, but for those listening who are saying, okay, I clearly now know that I have fat phobia clearly mm. because we all do yeah um what are some action steps or what are some things like for, for starters for beginners where can they start where are some things that you think would be some great places for people to just start the curiosity and the journey yeah so um one thing to note is I could give you a book list of like 50 billion books 
and you'll end up like me with if I look on my shelf over there I've got like 17 books that need yeah, <laughs> need reading right so um there's something that I teach which is uh, a term that I, I created which is um constant learner mode and so um there are so many ways that you can educate yourself and you'll know what's best for you, whether it's listening to podcasts or reading books or following people on Instagram or whatever. So education is great. If they're listening right now, they're doing it. The other thing that we need to be doing is um, getting out of that constant learner mode and burying ourselves in, in books. It's good though. It's good. Like, you, you know, educate, education is good, but we also need to be taking action. And so when it comes to, um, you know, if you're working on your own fat phobia and, and um, feeling better about your body, we need to be taking action that supports um, where we want to go. And so I like to, to use the example of learning how to swim by reading a book. Um, you can read all the books, you can listen to all the podcasts about how to swim, you can follow swimmers on Instagram. If you are not getting in the pool yourself, then you're not going to know how to swim. You'll intellectually know how to swim, but um, not in, in reality. And we also need to jump in the pool in the right way. And so what people do is, is sometimes they're like, right, okay, I, I know that I need to work on loving, accepting my body and, and learning fat phobia. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wear a tiny string bikini uh, and split crotch panties and uh, cut holes in the bikini so people can see my nipples and go to the beach and show everyone, even though they've never done anything like that before. And so that's like jumping in the deep end, right? And it's going to traumatize you. And so we need to tinkle our toes. And so um, giving ourselves grace, not expecting ourselves to, within a day, turn into Lizzo, um, to take small steps that are unique to you, because I could say, oh, um, I'd like to wear a bikini, but that might not be your thing. It might be that you want to go and ride a bike. It might be that you want to set boundaries with fat phobes in your life, whatever it is. What small steps can we take that take to get there, to get out of constant learner mode and change your reality because of that? I couldn't find unmute fast enough. Thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> and as as we were sitting here talking about this, I realized we rapid fired all of our questions, but I think we were so excited to start this conversation. We didn't even say, tell us about yourself. <laughs> I could start the episode with who is Vinny? Can you share a little bit about yourself and if you're comfortable with it, your own journey with our audience, just for them to get to know you a little bit better. And I'm sorry, we can't chop this into the front of the episode. Oh, that's so good. Now. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe people who've listened to what I've got to say and be like, I don't want to fucking know about them anyway, you know? And so they can just like turn off the episode. Never. <laughs> uh, so I am a, a smelly British person, British Irish, but I live in Canada. I've been here for 13 years. Um, growing up, I was uh, brought up in poverty. I um, was born and lived in the city in the UK that's voted, voted the worst place to live, a place called Peterborough. So very glamorous, very fabulous. Um, and uh, I had the a unique experience of, as every, a lot of people do, um, have this experience of being brought up um, in diet culture, like you shouldn't be fat, you shouldn't eat that, blah, blah, blah. And so um, insecurity around food 
that you know I shouldn't eat food, but also insecurity because we were poor, we didn't have access to food and all the food that I wanted. And so when food came into the house, um, it was kind of like, don't eat this because if you do, you're greedy and don't eat this because we don't have enough food for the family. And so um, the double whammy of um, helping me be fucked up around food um, alongside having a uh, bigger body. Uh, I think I feel like I almost always had a bigger body. Um, and that obviously that I learned from society and my family was a negative thing. Um, then at the age of 17, I met a uh, 30 year old, super creepy guy who was turned into be my first boyfriend. And um, he was abusive and um, he reinforced those ideas of that my fat body was bad, that I ate too much. I didn't. And he put me on a quote diet where he uh, monitored my food intake. Um, and so I got that, didn't have enough food, was taught that I shouldn't eat food and then had an abusive partner who would uh, watch every single thing that I ate, decided what I was allowed to eat, would um, catch me out if I ever snuck food which is obviously what I did because I didn't have enough food um and because I couldn't I saw this as a good thing that he was helping me control my weight uh, not that it was an absolutely awfully abusive thing and he was so kind and generous to date someone as unattractive as me um and impart his wisdom about how to lose weight on me um and I was just, I saw myself as so wildly out of control. Why could I just not stop eating? Why could I only eat, not only, only eat, quote, healthy things? And it wasn't that he gave me healthy things anyway. He just didn't give me enough food. Anyway, and so when I eventually got out of that relationship two years later, I was all kinds of fucked up, as you can imagine, uh, you know, from all of that experience up until the age of 19. Um, and I just wanted to um when I left that relationship I just wanted to become thin and prove this guy wrong and prove to the world that I was finally worthy and um obviously did diets and all things like that and lost weight temporarily and blah 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 eventually I discovered Reagan Chastain's blog Dance of the Fat and it changed everything the idea that it was okay to be fat I was like shut the fuck up why has no one ever told me this um, and it just totally changed my life. And also years of therapy, obviously, because I had um, have complex PTSD from that experience and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, fun times. You'll have to put a big trigger warning on this episode. <laughs> thank you for sharing your story with us. And Jenna, thank you for asking, because we just got on and just were like, we need to pick Vinny's brain. And we had just jumped right in. Yeah. <laughs> We don't mind also just adding when was the fierce fatty born when would when did this instagram account come about what part of your journey did you start sharing publicly and and then of course spreading education to others yeah oh gosh um i guess i've been doing online stuff for six seven years maybe question mark but fierce fatty specifically who I am, you know, today was probably four years ago, maybe. But I was doing doing kind of stuff similar, but I changed the, changed the name. So yeah. 
Well, we're very happy and very grateful that you're here and we will be shouting this rooftop or this episode from the rooftops, excuse me. Um, So Vinny, for anybody listening who's saying, I need to learn from them, I need more information, give me all the things, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, you can come find me on Instagram, fierce.fatty, my website's fierce.fatty. I've got a 10x talk where I get my tits out on stage at the end. Um, And uh, what else? Oh, I've got Fierce Fatty Academy, which is my program. And if you are a healthcare provider, someone who is a a coach or whatever, I also do consulting and um, help um, people who are talking to to fat people and have a fun time doing it. We have a night. We have a a laugh, don't we? We we always do with you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for being here, Vinny. Hey, listen, you asked, you, you both asked some really awesome questions. That was really amazing answers. (laughs) We're so grateful. Yeah. Yes. We would happily keep going, but we want to respect your time. So we might need to do a part two with a question box from our audience, but thank you so much, Vinny. And we appreciate you. Thank you, Sammy and Jenna. You're the best. (laughs) Guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of what the actual fork pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week for a lot more fun. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.